Hello, my friends. It's Ryan from the Prolific Creator Podcast. Now, many of you have asked, hey, Ryan, how do I support the show? Well, I finally listened. Starting today, you can subscribe to the Prolific Creator Plus on ACAST Plus for $3 a month. That's less than a cup of coffee. No apps to download and listen wherever you get your podcasts. Get access to the entire archive of Prolific Creator Awesomeness. Over 160 episodes going back to 2017. Yes, that's right, my friends. A plethora of information and inspiration, tips, tricks, and interviews to get your art and work into the world. Remember those ads? Say bye, bye, bye. Wait, there's more. For $5 a month, you can get access to the full prolific creator experience. This includes the full archives, early access to episodes, listener Q&A, book and movie reviews, and interviews not for the public, and perhaps any other awesomeness I might do on the microphone. Sounds awesome, right? Yeah, it does, Ryan. If you want to listen for free, you'll notice the last 50 episodes or so will always be available wherever you listen to podcasts. Remember, by subscribing today, you don't have to download any new apps, and you can simply keep listening on the podcast platform you prefer. Cool. Okay. Cool. Thanks for your love and support in advance. Simply click on the link in the show notes or on my website, and it'll take you where you need to go. Now on to the show. The Prolific Writer Podcast, episode number 79. Armand Rosamilia and Jay Wilburn stopped by the show and talk about collaboration. Have you ever thought about writing a book with someone else? Well, today, Armand and Jay are going to give us a masterclass on how to collaborate and write a novel with another writer. I think you're really going to enjoy it. I think there's a, a movement happening, a lot of collaboration uh, between authors, and I think it's a, a great way to write books. We usually only think about it in isolating terms, writing by yourself. But hey, have you thought about collaboration? Well, if you have, you're going to enjoy this episode. But first, some intro music. Welcome to the Prolific Writer Podcast, where speed's the name of the game. Follow an indie author and publisher and his guests as they share inspiration, tips, and advice on writing fast, writing often, and writing well. So you can do the same. Here's Ryan. Well, hello, hello, hello. This is your Prolific Writer Podcast host, Ryan J. Pelton. I am so glad that you are here, however you are hearing me in your ears Washing the dog, maybe the cat, the kids doing the dishes on the train, on the plane, in the dorm room, writing the next great American novel. However you found us, I am so glad that you are here. If it's your first time, this is the podcast dedicated to helping you write fast, often, and well. It's also to help motivated writers get unstuck. So if you are stuck, we want to help you get unstuck. And if it's not your first time, hey, welcome back. So glad that you've come back and enjoyed the show. It seems like a lot of people keep coming back, and, and that's mainly not because of me, but because of the great guests and interviews that we have who have been teaching us, inspiring us how to get those words on the page. And you're going to love this interview today with Armand Rosamilia and Jay Wilburn. Uh, they are prolific writers extraordinaire. They've written hundreds and hundreds of novels and short stories for quite a few years. And today we're going to hear about their collaboration on a book called Yard Full of Bones, which is a great book. And I think it's their fourth collaboration together. And they're really going to give us a, a masterclass on what that looks like. And I think you're going to enjoy that uh, because I think a lot of authors don't realize the 
the joy and the, um, really the beauty of collaborating with other writers that your stories can become that much better. And it's just a great way to, to create more work and, and share more stories. And so you're going to hear, hear from them in just a moment. Uh, just a couple quick updates before we get to the interview. One is I have a, uh, opportunity. It's pretty cool in November, depending on when you're listening to this. Uh, I think November 10, uh, I'll have to double check on that, but I think it's November 10. Um, I'm doing a, a book signing here in Kansas city at a half price books. And so I'm really excited about that. I wrote a couple middle grade novels, uh, collaborated, uh, ironically with my seven-year-old and 11-year-old sons. And, uh, we wrote a couple books in a series, the Ricky Rayburn Chronicles. They're kind of action adventure, uh, mystery, uh, type stories. And really we wrote the books for especially kids. I would even say boys that don't like to read. Uh, they're, they're funny, they're fast, um, and just fun, fun reads for kids. Uh, so if you have kids between seven and 12 ish, even 13 ish, uh, in looking for some fun books to read the Ricky Rayburn Chronicles, uh, we have a couple books in the series. You can find those on, on Amazon in ebook and paperback, but we're going to be doing a book signing in, in a few weeks. And so I'm really excited about that. And, uh, I'll put more information in the show notes as the, the weeks come, but, uh, yeah, look for, looking forward to that, getting, getting the word out there. And my boys are going to help me with that. And, uh, yeah, I think it's a great way to get in front of readers. And so if you haven't considered, um, you know, contacting, uh, places like half price books or indie bookstores, they love having, uh, author events and, uh, and they were very gracious to allow me to do that and, uh, and let me use their space and, and all that good stuff. So, so really excited about that. Um, and the second thing is one, if you would like to support this show and you'd like to support the other 25 shows on the project entertainment network, which is part of our family of podcasts, um, we have a Patreon page, patreon.com. I'll put that in the show notes and, uh, we are giving away free stories. Uh, so if you sign up to be a, a Patreon, Patreon, a Patreon, Patreon, I'm not sure how you say that. Um, a lot of the authors will, uh, that have written stories will send you a signed, uh, autographed copy of, uh, a short story. And so I've written one called 108 or 108, however you want to pronounce it, but it's a fun little short, uh, read, uh, that I'm giving away as well as part of the Patreon page. And so if you want to support this podcast, support, uh, other podcasts in our network, uh, Patreon is a great place to go. There's other goodies and giveaways, and we have all kinds of swag and, and fun stuff that you can get involved and support, uh, getting more shows out in the world, getting our work out in the world. And it's a great way to, to support artists. And so, uh, if you'd like to do that, I'll put that in the show notes as well. So thank you everyone for listening in for another week, another great episode. I'm so excited to get to Armand Rosemilia and Jay Wilburn on collaboration and their book, Yard Full of Bones. You're really going to enjoy this and I'll get right to it. Here is Jay, and here is Armand. Well, hey, welcome everyone to the Prolific Writers, your host, Ryan J. Pelton, and I'm so glad today to have Jay Wilburn and Armand Rosamilia on the show. And Jay and Armand have been on the show before, so we're so glad to have them back. And they are fellow authors and fellow podcasters. So Armand and Jay, why don't you say hello and tell us a little about yourself? Go ahead, Armand. Oh, thanks. I get to lead this. Uh, Armand <laughs> Rosamilia, I am a full-time author. I am a podcaster, and uh, I am owner of Project Entertainment Network, where this fine, fine podcast is being listened to. 
All right. And I am Jay Wilburn. I'm also a full-time writer. Um, being better than Armand is my number one goal. Um, I do not own a podcast network, so I'm losing uh, badly at that, uh, at that effort. Well, thanks for uh, giving us a little intro. Yes, we are all part of the same podcast family. And so you can listen to Jay's podcast and Armand's as well. And um, not to mention our number two best selling podcast on the network. I'd like to just throw that in number two. Um, <laughs> but that's here or there. So, uh, well, hey, guys, I'm really glad to have you on the show today. And I uh, wanted to start off just talk a little bit about one of the things you guys you guys want to talk about, too, is your newish book, uh, Yard Full of Bones. And uh, according to my Kindle, I've read 7%. And of the 7%, I really enjoyed it. And so, uh, but want to talk three and a half, three and a half percent of that I wrote. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> and, uh, we, we've had a couple, uh, collaborators on the show, uh, authors. I know you guys obviously don't just do collaboration. You guys have written tons of stuff. Um, but want to talk a little about the book and, uh, why don't you guys just talk about kind of the genesis of the story, kind of where'd the story come from, how that, how that all begin? How, how'd you guys start, start it all? Um, well, it really started back. Uh, we had done a previous book before called The Enemy Held Near that uh, actually came about because Jay and I do uh, conventions together. And we had I think we were in World Horror in Atlanta and Jay had a table and we were just sitting there and he started telling me about, you know, what became The Enemy Held Near about this basically this haunted house story but the family itself was haunted and everything and uh and i loved it i don't don't know how it just kind of morphed into hey let's write this together and uh, we did we had a great time with it and um it was picked up by devil dog press and right after that we said okay let's write something else but i guess it'll be my turn to come up with an idea so that's kind of how yard full of bones you know came about because it was it was kind of like my turn to pick uh, up something. And we, we didn't want to do a sequel. We did, we wanted to do something different. Uh, you know, that was kind of the goal. Yeah. And yard full of bones is a little bit of cosmic horror, but it also has this, um, kind of underlying mystery. So in, in some ways it, it kind of reads like a detective story. Mm-hmm. Um, but it definitely, definitely horror and, um, and, and definitely a lot of weirdness going on as mm-hmm. they're, uh, as they're figuring out what's happening in the world. Yeah, no, I, I like the, the, I mean, of the 7% I've read, it does really, uh, it has that kind of mystery feel. You're kind of like, I'm not exactly sure what's going on, but you know, they're kind of checking things out, you know, what, who, who died, how'd he die and all these kinds of things. I really like that, that element, um, kind of that crime part of it now. Um, so you guys did a, a previous book collaborated. And, uh, so talk a little bit about that kind of, you know, I guess it's one thing and, you know, those that are listening that have thought about collaboration. I know there's many authors are starting to do collaboration, but I guess one of the questions that always comes up is, you know, especially if one of you had the idea, the original idea, sounded like Jay, the first book was your idea. And then Armand, the idea on yard full of bones was, uh, Armand's idea. Uh, how does that work when it's kind of your baby and then you're inviting someone else in, you know, are you going to wreck this thing? It's, you know, this is my thing. How, How do you kind of kind of work that out as you're writing the book together? I think, I think what makes it different with uh, Armand and I is that uh, we hold on pretty loosely. So we'll come up with an idea. And typically the person who has the idea will kind of sketch out the characters. So we have sometimes some backstory and sometimes just some basic details about the character. And then we kind of go open from there. So, you know, the person who has the idea writes the first chapter and then, um, 
we kind of let it go. So, you know, in, in my head, I might have an idea of, okay, I think I know where this is going, but then that's off the table until Armand writes his chapter. So when I get that back, that's the new starting point for me when I write and not maybe what I thought was going to happen before. Um, so we, in the first draft, we go pretty loose with that. And then as we start getting closer to the end, we kind of get back together and huddle and figure out, okay, where we are in this story now, where is the ending and, and how do we get there? But even then we're still very open to letting the story become what it's going to become. There's still surprises, which is great. I know when we did uh, Enemy Held Near, I wrote a chapter and I literally wrote it and said, um, man, I, I wish I could see the look on Jay's face when I, I with this twist. And he came right back and he was like, I did not see that coming. And the same thing happened with, with Jay did the same thing to me in Yard Full of Bones. And that's kind of the fun of it. I mean, it's really a basic, basic idea. And I'm a pantser. Jay's a pantser. So it really works out. And. Our styles are, are very similar, but, um, you know, when I've read Jay's stuff in the past, you know, it, it's – I don't want Jay, Jay to hear this, so close your ears, Jay. But <laughs> All right. He's, he's brilliant. I mean, he's a brilliant writer. And when I started working on, you know, on Stuff Down, I mean, we're, we're working on our fourth book together now. And it always elevates me. And my wife always says that. My wife, because she'll read them. Uh, the, after the first draft, and she just says, your writing gets so much better when you're writing with Jay. Um, you know, it's it's the ideas he's throwing in there that you probably wouldn't even even thought of. And I, th I think that's really what, what really works for me. The fun of it is it makes me a better writer. But it also, it also includes things that you wouldn't have. So sometimes it's, it's very, very minor details, but they're details that I would never have in a story that I wrote myself just because that's not where my mind went. That's not the experience I have. And um, I think it is, you know, writing is, is a very isolated process and it's not a good idea to let someone read your chapters as you're going just in general. Mm -hmm. um, it's better to, you know, finish a story and then have it go to beta readers and that kind of thing. So we have a very different experience when we collaborate because you know, as soon as you're done with that chapter, somebody's going to read it. So I think you're more aware of the audience and it's more immediate. And so like every paragraph, every sentence, you're you're writing for someone that you know is about to read it. And I think it I think it sharpens what we do in a, in a way. So is there, you know, just as a, you know, because you're passing this manuscript back and forth. I mean, as a, as readers, I mean, you're reading each other's work so you can figure out, you know, what to do next. Is, is there kind of a just an enjoyment as a reader? Like uh, like you're saying, oh, man, that. I can't believe you went there. I mean, is there, is there, cause you're both pantsers, you know, you don't really use a whole lot of outlines. I mean, is there kind of an excitement of like, what's, you know, what's going to come next? Where's this thing going to go? Is that, is that a pretty cool experience just being able to do this together? Cause we usually don't get that feedback as isolated writers. I, I think as the book starts to really get into like that second act, uh, it gets to that point where, yeah, it's almost like I'm just reading, I'm reading a book because I'll write a chapter and I know where I think the next chapter should go or I know where this character should go or whatever. I'm setting things up. And then Jay takes it in a completely different direction because what I see in my mind is, OK, I'm setting this character up to do this, which means the characters around it will do this. Jay takes it in sometimes a completely different direction and a better direction because, again, he's looking at it from a different angle. 
which is which is awesome. So I just read his chapter, and I'll, at the end, I'm like, now what do I do? Like sometimes you get to not in a bad way, but it's like, okay, how can I make this story even better? Because I kind of had that, I guess, like that basic idea of where it should go, and then when he presents another angle or something, I'm like, what? that's so much better. So now I don't want to dumb it down to where you know try to force it where I thought it was going to go because that's kind of it becomes a lame idea once I read his chapter. Yeah, and I think um when when you're when we're doing the stories together, it really does help keep the writing fresh because you you do get that idea in your head that okay, at the end of this chapter, this is where these two characters will be or the end of the book rather. And so you're always kind of plotting towards that basic idea and it it takes out some spontaneity from some of the characters. And by having two cooks in the kitchen, I guess you'd say, um, the books that we write together definitely go in different directions because it's not just one mind working, which I think in some ways makes the characters more real. Mm-hmm. Now, here's a question I, as you guys are talking. So you have all these different characters. Um, and what I can tell in Yard Full of Bones, there's, you know, there's a few characters, not a, not a ton so far. There might be others coming in later, but... Um, how do you keep the the kind of voice of the character? I mean, if you guys are kind of going different directions, I mean, are you guys assigned different characters or do you just keep, you know, next chapter, regardless of what happens? I mean, how do you keep kind of that consistent, uh, you know, character motivation, you know, the way he speaks, you know, or she, um, what, did you find that to be a challenge at all? I think one thing that we do really well is blend into a third voice so um, it's not like, oh, here's Jay's chapter, here's Armand's chapter, and we're each following different characters, and you basically have two different stories crammed together. I think we work real hard to connect in with each other's style, and so we tend to get a feel for a character, and we both develop within that. Mm-hmm. Um, so the characters do become richer because two people are feeding into who they are, but we stick, try to stick pretty close um, and then also at the end, I'm kind of the continuity guy. So um, once we've written it, you know, I go back and make sure events from chapters one, two and three line up with the final chapters so that, you know, there's never an inconsistency or um, we say one thing and then something else happens different unless one of the characters is lying or that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We, we, we create whoever's idea it is. And again, we go back and forth. So um, I'll I'll write, OK, here's the th- three characters or four characters maybe that are going to be part of this book. And I'll do a very, very small sketch of name, age, you know, maybe a couple of features or whatever, very, very small uh, things about them. And then that first chapter or two has to really convey that. But, you know, in, in all the books that we've done together, we're also creating other characters, minor characters on the fly that might become, um, you know, major pieces to that. So, and that's a lot of fun. And then I know for me, like I have my certain characters that I enjoyed writing in my mind, they were more fleshed out, but I tried not to go, okay. Like Jay said, okay, every, uh, you're going to write this character. I'm going to write this character. And we're just going to flip flop every chapter. We really had to read what had come before with that character and then push the story forward in that character's voice. So it was, it was a fun challenge to have. Now, what would you say as the, 
those are, you know, listening, thinking about collaboration and I'm actually going to be collaborating on a project. So I'm just going to steal everything you're saying, but, uh, <laughs> what, what, uh, what would you say are the biggest challenges when, if someone's thinking about going into collaboration, um, you know, just, just generally things to think about. Armand, Armand, you do more collaborations than I do. You want to start off on this one? No, I'm going to let you talk. <laughs> okay. Um, it depends on the personalities of the two authors. Um, the least selfish the two people can be, the better. Um, if only one person is not selfish, it can work, but not as well as it can if both people kind of respect each other's writing and respect the story more than their own ideas, I guess you would say. Um, so I think every collaboration that kind of breaks down, breaks down based on the personalities more than the story or any, any other trouble that you're going to run into. Yeah, I mean, there has to be a definite lead. So, you know, on the first book, it would Jay kind of was the lead. So you if there's any questions or anything, I defer to him on the second book. He deferred to me and we've we've successfully done that. Like, like I said, we're working on a fourth book together now, which is none of them are tied together. And it's it's kind of we're we're in that mode right now where I think Jay and I could write a hundred books together and flip flop back and forth and, and do it this way. And it would, it would be, it would be nice and easy because we understand each other and we uh, are writing compliments one another as well. I've written a lot of different books with a lot of different people. Mm -hmm. Some of them weren't while the, the, maybe the book ended up really good uh, and selling a lot of copies. It was not a pleasurable experience because there was that ego involved mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, on both, on both parts, you know, not just on, not just on the other person, but on me as well, where I, this is the way I wanted it to go. And I've also worked with people who outline, mm -hmm. which is very tough for me because it really loses a lot when I know, okay, I have to write chapter seven and then, you know, 12, 13, 14, because it's this character or whatever. Um, I don't like those. So I'm, um, going forward, I really pick and choose now who, who I'm working with as far as collaborators. Yeah. I mean, it sounds like you got to really let your ego check your ego out the door. I mean, especially if you guys are coming up with different ideas and it's, you know, I mean, you know how writers are. It's like, you know, this is my baby this is my idea. I got this, you know, the story arc and these characters and this, you know, plot and all these things. And, and, you know, to let someone else into your writing room, it, yeah, yeah. You really have to kind of put those sounds like put those things aside or it's just not going to work. Um, it's probably I what, think what yeah. I think what works with that though, with me and Jay is we, and, and maybe I'm I'm wrong, but I think Jay is the same kind of writer as I am. Is in write write the damn thing, get it out, and then go on to something else. Right. right. You know, a, a lot of writers are oh, these are my babies and that kind of thing. And and to me, it's it's not because I know I have I, I have a million stories in me that I want to write. And while I love everything I write, I mean, you have to. Mm -hmm. um, I'm I'm never where I'm like oh don't, no this character needs to do this because this is my world and blah 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 I I don't really think like that and Jay doesn't either we've we've never bumped heads on any of these stories that we've thrown out there because I think we understand the other person is making this mm -hmm. uh, a, a better the idea is, is you know it's the ego I think I have a great idea but Jay's making that idea even better by collaborating and working with me. Mm -hmm. You, you can strangle a story to death by holding on to something too tight. Um, and the more you do that, the less you see that it's not working. So whether it's a character or a particular ending or anything along those lines, 
Um, if you if you hold too tightly to some you know clever little thing that you came up with, you may be killing the story in the process. And I think I think we do a, a very good job of not doing that. And I think we're excited for the story to become something different than what we did. Mm-hmm. Um, but part of it is is just being willing to let go of some of that stuff. Like, oh, I think it would be really cool if the characters got to the gunfight over here. But then as the chapters progress, you realize you've taken a different path. So that's not part of the story anymore. Mm-hmm. And if you can let that go, I think you're better off um, following you know, the path that people wouldn't expect. Someone else may be expecting the gunfight there, too. And when it goes a different direction... Um, then actually that's a better story because they didn't see it coming. No, it's good. It sounds like, you know, if you're looking for a collaborator, you know, similar style, similar, even process might be helpful. It sounds like, you know, obviously both of you don't use outlines. Um, I think outlines are of the devil, but uh, that's my opinion. But, um, (laughs) but, you know, just that works because you're both okay with the spontaneity. You're both okay with, Hey, if we go this way or that way, like that's just going to make the story much better. And as you put your heads together, obviously you're going to come up with even better ideas or like you said, Armand earlier, like, I had no idea it was going to go that direction, but that was awesome. You know, or whatever it is. Um, I love that. Um, So want to dig a little bit deeper into kind of a little bit of the process too is, um, I was curious about kind of going back to how you guys kind of smooth out the book. So, you know, obviously you got two writers, you know, writing a story, you're going back and forth, handing the manuscript back and forth. So um, how, how do you kind of smooth it out, like from beginning to end? Like, what does that kind of final polishing look like? I mean, is there one guy that's that's doing that or are you kind of both looking at it? Um, what is kind of the editing polishing, if you want to call it that uh, process, look like to make sure it's kind of a united voice? Uh, for I use Jay. For all of that stuff, <laughs> I mean that's I hate I hate doing a synopsis. I hate doing the back cover blurb. I hate all that stuff. Mm-hmm. And I always give Jay the I mean, do you want to do it or you want me to do it? Knowing damn well <laughs> that I'll, I don't want to do it. And it's the same. I mean, he'll give me a chapter, and as I'm reading it, I'll do some like you know, edit, maybe some typos and stuff like that. And I'm sure he does the same back. Yeah. But there's there's we've never had where there's that major thing because I know at the end. I mean, literally, I. You know, he writes the last chapter, I write the last chapter, doesn't matter. And he'll say, okay, I'll go through it for the continuity and all that stuff. And then um, I just basically rely on him because then I know I have, like, my wife reads all my stuff. And she's very good with the continuity and all that stuff. And I'll have other people who who will also look at it for us. But honestly, I'm on to the next project. Me and Jay are done with this one. And maybe I'm thinking of the next one for us. or But I probably have six or seven other projects to write. And I'm sure Jay has the same. Yeah, I don't, I don't outline, but I, I keep track of details very well. So as we're writing, when a new character shows up, I write that character down and what they did and mm-hmm. who we said they are and all that kind of stuff. And at the end, you know, I go back through and make sure all that's in place. And uh, but just because that's a skill I have, you know, where mm-hmm. I can say, okay, this theme needs to come up a little sooner. So we'll mention it in this chapter uh, in one book that we've written, I think the third one we did, we introduced a character late in the story that turned out to be really important to the ending. And so it made sense for us to to add them in earlier. And so we, you know, I added a, a chapter here and there or added a detail that made them part of the story sooner. So they weren't just showing up out of nowhere and it worked pretty well. Uh, in Enemy Held Near, we had one thing like that where... Um, we had two characters that uh, were kind of in conflict with one another, 
and we sort of skipped over the scene where they end up back together. So we had moved on with the story, but it, it made sense that, that that scene should be shown because they hadn't been around each other. So we, we wrote in a scene where they're dealing with the fact that they're coming back together when all that was going on. Just little details like that mm-hmm. that sort of connect up the story is, is sort of the stuff that I do. This is the first time I'm hearing about any of that stuff. So I'm, just, <laughs> I'm so mad right now. <laughs> it's all been revealed. Armand actually had nothing to do with this book. He just put his name. He just put his name on it and got paid. That sounds about right. Uh, so let's talk a little bit about production. So when you when you kind of have this idea, you know, either either book. It sounds like you're already on book four, but. Um, do you have any kind of idea of like how long the book needs to be or, or, you know, are you guys already thinking about those kinds of things? Is it, you know, full length novella? Is it short stories? Is it serial? Is it, you know, series? I mean, are you guys kind of working that out or is that just kind of wherever the muse leads you? I, I think it's just, you know, we just start writing. Um, the beauty of it is this is not the priority book that either of us is working on. So, um, you know, with sometimes when you when you're working on a collaboration, like I'm working with with a collaborator now on a book, and she has so many other projects that she's doing that were stalled in the beginning. I mean, we don't even have the first chapter done because she has all this other stuff. And I keep trying to explain to her, you can write it whenever you want. We don't have to have this like, okay, let's start it today and then finish it in 30 days. But that's her mindset of working on one story at a time. Mm-hmm. With me and Jay, it, it's always been when you get to a chapter, you get to a chapter. I mean, I'm sitting on probably two weeks now uh, of of my chapter on the fourth book. And I might knock it off uh, tonight and then Jay will finish one tomorrow and I might finish the next <laughs> day and then he might go two weeks before he can get to it. Mm-hmm. So um, there's no pressure. There's no push. For that, which I think is important, uh, Jay and I also did a, 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 a series, a, a trilogy with uh, two other authors, Jack Wall and, and Brent Abel, and it was uh, the Hellmouth trilogy. And you literally, like, we had a okay, you go first, I go second, you go third, you go fourth, and it was great because we were pumping out chapters like crazy. But then um, <laughs> Brent works a full time job like a sucker. And um, the only the only one of us who has any money. And um, so he ha- he works shift work. So he might have like a week where he couldn't write because he was working and we would bust his chops all week. Oh, when's when's our next chapter coming? What's the next chapter? And then like he would give it to the next person and it would be done in like an hour or two. And it was hysterical because then we would just pump out the next three chapters and then wait for Brent. Um, but it worked. I mean, that was kind of the that was kind of the fun of it was. um you know, like we knew we were we knew we were writing a, a good, funny trilogy, but we were also at the same time, we were also able to bust his chops, mm-hmm. which uh, which which made it a lot of fun, too. So for me, the the excitement is me and Jay. There's no hey, this thing might take us a year. This thing might take us a week. We don't know. And we don't have any kind of preconceived of, you know, obviously we look at every every idea in a story. OK, let's make let's write a novel. But. We don't have, okay, this is 50,000, this is 75,000, this is 200,000. We don't know until we just really start getting into the meat of the story. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and we also, it's also pretty good for us, too, in the sense that um, each of us will tend to work on more than one project at a time. So we're not usually locked into one novel. Mm-hmm. So it's not weird for us to jump around. And sometimes getting the chapter back from Armand is good for me 
because I can like put aside and, and write something else mm-hmm. for one chapter. Um, so I'll use it as that when it when it gets to be my turn. You know, I'll, I'll use that chapter as a chance to to break up the other work that I'm mm-hmm. I'm dealing with. So how how did you guys determine? Uh, okay, I think we're getting to the end. Like this, we're almost there. You know, it, it, one more chapter, two more chapters. Either of you kind of looked at it and gone like, I think we're really close. Was there kind of a aha moment when it came to finishing it? I think just the book itself. I mean, you know, we both you know, maybe not consciously, but we both write in that typical, that three act Mm -hmm. story. And I think when we get to that, towards the end of that second act and a lot of crazy stuff is going on or whatever, like Jay said, we, we, we will have that. And it might be a five minute conversation of, Hey, let's start wrapping this thing up. Or I, I know in one of the books, I don't remember which one I know Jay said, what do you think? Three more chapters, four more chapters, you know, let's kind of wrap this up up. and, um, and, you know, and and that was my idea too. So it it really worked out so far in everything that we've written together. And I know like we're doing a fourth one now and I just know that we'll get to that point and we'll go, okay. And it's not a word count thing necessarily. It's not a chapter count. It's just a, where the story is naturally progressing. It's very organic when me and Jay write together, which I like. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we will we will check in with each other along the way because even with this fourth book, we're still very close to the beginning. But we've already kind of said, okay, we're going to flesh out what's going on here before we make the turn. And um, quite literally, we don't know where the where the stories are going exactly. We know what's been built up. We know the kind of mythology that's building up in in every in every book. Um, but we'll just kind of take it forward, you know, to wherever it goes. But you kind of get to that point where you, you start to realize, okay, if we keep just randomly moving forward, we're going to lose the story. So that we're kind of, we're kind of building into the climax and then we need to know how this, we need to resolve it at, at some point here. So it can't, it can't be random anymore. We need to kind of figure out, you know, what is, what is the closing trajectory at this point? Mm-hmm. Now here, here's another, uh, just, real quick geeky question. Cause I've, I've heard this a lot of collaborators have, have, or people that want to collaborate is just from a sharing kind of manuscripts, what has been helpful kind of passing back and forth? I mean, are you guys just using word or whatever, just so you kind of know where you're at or do you make notes? Like how, how do you guys kind of help each other when you pass back and forth? Nobody answer. Yeah, okay. I was waiting to see if you're going to, we use Google, <laughs> We use Google Drive. So okay. while while the story while the story is being constructed, that's how it passes back and forth and we'll okay. send each other a message. Now, I think Armand writes directly in Google Drive, but I yeah, yeah. I write I write in Word and then paste my chapter in when okay. I'm done. Um and at the end, when when the book is complete, or you know, if I'm writing the final chapter or whatever, I'll copy and paste the whole thing over into a Word document. And then we'll finish up there. We'll edit in Word, and then we tend to pass the document back and forth when it's time to send it to the pro editor or mm-hmm. send it out to publishers or that kind of thing. Okay. Yeah, Google Google Docs are pretty good on that, where you can make notes and you know save automatically and all that kind of stuff. No, that's that's good. Um, so yeah, so then what's the the final kind of you know send it off to an editor? What's kind of marketing look like for you guys, or is it just on to the next one? Like how does that how does that work? Get, getting the word out. I mean, it, it, it depends on the on the book because obviously we want to work with 
these publisher get uh, publishers again. Um, you know, so like Yard Full of Bones uh, is unnerving, uh, Eddie Generous, and it's a relatively new company, but I loved his covers and I loved the books that he was coming out with. So, you know, once we're finished with something like, and we're doing this with book three right now, we're trying to figure out who's a good publisher for us. You know, who, who do we want to work with on this next book? And um, so with, you know, with unnerving, I had actually recently interviewed him on, uh, on Armcast podcast, also here on project entertainment network. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, so, after the interview, I basically, I just kind of got a good feel for what he was looking for and everything. And I thought this, that Yard Full of Bones is a perfect fit. So when I sent it to him, um, you know, he loved it and put it out and, you know, came up with the cover concept, which I absolutely love. And so then it became of, okay, let's, let's market this thing. Let's, let's promote it. Um, me and Jay, again, we do a lot of conventions together. So we share a table at, uh, every year now we've shared a table at Scares the Care and so we're able to put that book in enemy held near and, you know, anything else we've done together or we're involved in together. We, we put it kind of in the middle of the table between us and, um, you know, and basically we sell it that way. So it, it makes it easier there. And then like, you know, trying to do more of these types of interviews where we're doing interviews together and we're, we're really promoting a book. Cause, um, we, and we didn't really do that with enemy held near. We didn't get a chance really to do that because we were so busy with other stuff. So I think for me, yard full of bones, because it's a special, it's really a special book. It's probably one of my favorite books that I've ever written. I've written, you know, 200 and something stories now in my life. And, um, so that was important for me to, Hey, you know what, let's, let's not let this thing die. Let's, let's get out there and let's promote it. And, and the people who have read it and the people who have reviewed it, you know, absolutely love it. Yeah, we try to, we try to get the word out on the books. And, um, some of it is also the fact that when we write together, it ends up being a different book from, from a lot of other things that we've written. So that changes the formula on which publishers are best for it. And then, um, you know, we have to we have to get out there and explain to people uh, what type of book they're looking at, you know, and sometimes we're we're pushing out to a different audience at that point, too. Mm-hmm. What, uh, what what what's been kind of your average, you know, from beginning to end? How long has it taken you guys to kind of uh, write these books? Oh, I haven't ever clocked it. I would say probably average looking at maybe three, four, six months six months being real outside. I don't know that it's taken us that long on a book. No, maybe I, I'm a, a, my initial was probably, probably about four months. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's right. Well, uh, one of the great things about having you guys on the show is you guys have been around, uh, as Armand said, you've, you know, he's written 200 stories. Jay's written a million as well. And, uh, <laughs> you know, having you guys on, on here is great because, uh, we have a lot of, you know, starting out, starting writers, aspiring writers, you know, first book out, first story out. Um, you know, what are some of the things that just kind of, even as you, as you've collaborated, you've, you've dealt with, you know, traditional publishing, small publish, you know, indie published, uh, you know, what are just some things you're seeing, uh, you know, as far as trends, as far as what people should be thinking about you know, when, when they're writing their books, marketing their books, you know, uh, all those kinds of things. Like any, anything that has changed just as you've kind of jumped in full time and, and just seen different things, uh, anything we should we should know about? Uh, you well, keep up on the changes because it's 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 almost a weekly thing now. Um, you know, the last two, three years has been very volatile with publishing in general. 
and there's a lot of really good things, but then there's a lot of really bad things too. And um, I was talking with Chuck Buddha the other night, as a matter of fact, we were talking about, it seems like forever ago that box sets were the big thing. And then serialized versions of novels were the big thing and short stories, you know, you, you do short stories and only novellas and then that went away and then it was only novels. And now we're, we're kind of swinging back to people are selling more novellas, especially in the horror genre. So it's, it's those cycles that you really have to, you know, be aware of. And as much as, you know, you're sitting there by yourself writing your book and everything, you still have to be networking and be social out there and understand uh, why create space going away, what new challenges that presents to you as, you know, as a, as a, someone who wants to publish a book or for the publishers out there. So there's a lot of just, very major and minor things that are going on all the time that you just have to keep being aware of. I mean, I know Jay and I, as far as um, we've gone back and forth on here's, I, I get some idea about like uh, Amazon advertising or Facebook advertising or, or whatever. And we pass that knowledge back and forth all the time because it's important to, you know, for, for us as authors, we're also need to be businessmen with this. And luckily we have wives who understand money and all the other stuff or me and Jay would be living uh, on the street right now, <laughs> but it, it's still important to at least go, Hey honey, what the hell does this mean? And hand her, you know, hand her stuff and say, you know, uh, does this mean I'm making more money, less money? Does this mean I'm, I'm going to jail? I mean, what does any of this mean? And just to keep up on that stuff. Yeah. And I think, I think part of keeping track of what's going on is to diversify because if, if you haven't learned yet that any publisher can go under, then you're not really paying attention. Mm -hmm. So even, even really successful authors will lock in with one publisher because it's easier once they like your stuff. Um, but the moment they go under, you got a bunch of orphan books. Mm -hmm. um, we, both of us do self publishing, but the books we do together and other books we have, we, we look for publishers so that, uh, we have some work with, you know, small and traditional publishers. Uh, we both, you know, work on Patreon, trying to make that successful. Um, I do stuff on my own website, and I'm looking to offer, like, some stuff just from the website, uh, eBooks and stuff like that. So I'm experimenting with that. Um, and so you, you just kind of look for what's something, you know, what are people doing that works, but also what's something that nobody else is doing? Because that tends to be the problem uh, you can keep up with trends but sometimes you could be chasing trends mm -hmm. which doesn't necessarily work and and just as an aside uh, it's good to get advice from other authors and especially people you're close to who won't lie to you about how much money they're making and that kind of thing mm -hmm. um, but I've, ju I've just started a policy recently that I, I'm, I'm absolutely not going to take advice from anybody who doesn't like me or doesn't care about my success. Mm -hmm. uh, so you have a lot of authors in the industry that'll tell you what you're doing wrong, mm -hmm. but if they really don't like you and they don't respect you, you really need to back off from that advice because their goal is not your success necessarily. Mm. Just shut up and listen to my advice. Uh, yeah. I'm not talking about Armand, of course. Yeah, no. well, I was going to say, I don't know how you're still friends, but <laughs> the, the abuse he gives Chuck Buda, I don't know. I don't know how Chuck still... <laughs> <laughs> a lot of counseling, I know, but uh, um, w would you guys say, just as I've kind of followed you guys too and, and learned a lot from you guys is, you know, you guys, I mean, you're always working on another project, you know, multiple projects, you know, diversifying. I like how you said that, Jay. Uh, 
you know, would you still say though, like the best marketing still is the next story, the next book? Um, I mean, I mean, there's a lot of people dumping, you know, $10,000 on Facebook ads and Amazon, you know, for a short, short win, but not really thinking long term. Any, any thoughts on that? I, th- I think there's a balance. Um, you know, the old way when I got into, you know, uh, so this is, I, this will be my seventh year of full time. And when I first started, you know, in full time, I was writing, again, tons of short stories, tons of novellas. And just, you know, I, I was like that 30 day, it has to be within 30 days, I have to have another release. Mm-hmm. So I can sell books. And that's how Amazon worked back then. And, the, the you know, two years in a row, I had 45 releases both years. And that worked that that, you know, made me money that that was kept me going and and people buying my books and on and on and on. And then it it stopped. It's it stopped with just throwing books out there. And I hit that ceiling. You know, I hit that ceiling of X number of readers for my zombie stuff, X number of readers for the horror stuff. And I was not getting any new ones. So I said to myself, I can keep putting out a billion books a year and I'm going to sell the same number no matter what without doing anything. I need to find I need to break through that ceiling and and double these numbers and bring in new readers who then will be able to go back and maybe read all my old stuff but they'll also continue to read going forward and that was you know that's still the challenge. Uh you still have to do advertising. You still have to offer a lot of value on your Patreon. You still have to be on Twitter and Facebook and Instagram and you know, all this other stuff, you still have to do that on a daily basis. Uh, and it's still a lot of work and everything. And you still have to write a ton of books too. So like, where's the balance mm-hmm. is, is the challenge for me as, as an author, do I do, do I just go, you know what, I'm not going to put out a book for two months and I'm going to just promote yard full of bones for the next two months. Mm-hmm. Or do I continue to put out books and try to put in that promotion you know, at the same time? It's, it's, it's a big challenge. Mm-hmm. Yeah, if you if you quit either one, you're limiting both. So if you if you quit writing to promote, it's only ever going to go so far. And if you only write, put your books out the same way every time, and don't tell anybody any other way than just, hey, I wrote a book online or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, you're never you're you're you know throwing things into the void. Uh, I think you also got to be smart about how you keep writing. You know, the next thing is good promotion, but it depends on where you put it. So. With short stories, for instance, there's there's ways to do that. You know, if you do them on Patreon or you uh, do a collection that you take to conventions or you, um, you know, you you get them into anthologies where they, you know, will promote your bio or that kind of thing. Uh, there's there's lots of ways to do that. I do a mystery box where I do a zine in it for Halloween. And so I use short stories in there that I already have plenty of um, and, and kind of build up an audience there and make some money off some short stories and stuff like that. So. You, the next story is the best promotion, but only if you promote it well, I mm-hmm. guess you could say. Mm-hmm. I know you guys do a lot of cons and uh, nursing homes and uh, bar mitzvahs, <laughs> uh, things like that. How, <laughs> are, <it> takes. <laughs> how has, uh, give us a little, just kind of what's, what's been working, what's been helpful just when you've gone to different, I know you guys have done some small little tours too. Um, how's that been good? Just the in-person, because I know a lot of people are kind of downplaying that. I love it. Um, back before I met my wife, I I used to sit behind the, the table and look at my phone and not really talk to anybody. And I don't know, people say I'm intimidating. I don't know. I'm just a big, fat, bald guy. 
But um, and then she started yelling and actually started yelling at me and Jay to, uh, you know, get out from behind the table and talk to people. And I'll, I'll do a I'll do a convention like uh, we do scares that care together. And uh, I, I think Jay will agree. I don't think I sat down more than five minutes at a time. Right. I was con- constantly in front of the table and just kind of putting on the 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 the, the convention persona. You know, me normally I'm a, I'm actually a very quiet, reserved guy. But um, I you know I go from Armand to what I call Mondo, and I'm out there and I'm kissing babies and hugging people and doing whatever it you know I have to do kind of thing. And it's draining. I mean, I I curl up for the next two days after a convention, and I, I want to be left alone. But I think that helps. And I I came to the realization that it's not necessarily me putting a book in your hand. It's selling me. It's it's the personality. It's me. It's me joking around with you. And and, um, and, and I mean, it's the same with Jay. We'll just talk to people. And uh, it's funny. We do a we do a tour every year. Uh, I'm originally from New Jersey and I live in Florida now, but I'll go up April or May for two weeks and we do what's called a beers and fears tour. Me and um, uh, Chuck Buddha and uh, Frank Edler and Tim Meyer. And last year. Uh, Jay got to do one of the dates with us, which was very cool. And it is we're, we're in breweries we're we're around people who are drinking and we're, we stay away from the table. And my wife literally sells all of our books for us and then splits up the money at the end of the night. And a lot of times it's it's like there's, um, you know, we when we did the show with Jay, Jay sat down with a couple of other people, actually with Mark Haynes, who also does a podcast here on the network uh frazzled at 40 at the time he didn't actually because of meeting him there as we we did the podcast but it was just chit chat and every now and then shelly would go hey jay come over here and sign a book mm-hmm. you know but in the meantime jay's just talking to people and having a lot of fun and people are buying into that mm-hmm. and buying a book mm-hmm. and i think that's really important to just really sell yourself if you have one book out then yeah, I mean maybe you, you maybe your only thing to do is to push that book, mm-hmm. but when you have a table of forty books on the table and you got another thirty or forty underneath the table, you can't even put on the table. I mean, me and Jay have a lot of just print books to bring to conventions. Mm-hmm. It, it's really hard to pinpoint what people are actually looking at, mm-hmm. so it's easier to just kind of sell you as as an author. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think you. You can you can take a couple different courses. I know a couple authors that did do a ton of conventions, and they'll just do them all, and they just have a system down. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> but you know, as looking at conventions as an investment, um, over time it helps to be selective. You know, so you you look and say, okay, which of these are profitable? Which ones have fans coming to them that are and that I can do? And which of these do I have a presence at that I can promote ahead of time, and then have people come to the table? Um, and, you know, of course, you look at your budget, you know, how much can I afford in terms of travel and hotel and all that mm-hmm. kind of stuff. And you sort of start to select, OK, which ones do I want to do again next year? What which one might I want to add that I can, you know, leverage and make, you know, useful for me, whether that means, you know, selling all the books you can, which should be the goal in any convention. But then also um, which one gets my name out there in a way that people notice that, you know, the next time they see a book. Um, they're more likely to buy it or that kind of thing. So you kind of have to look at conventions as, as being part of your overall plan. And also it connects you to other people, um, you know, where you meet other publishers or other authors and those connections can be important down the line or that kind of thing. 
and then just allowing you to socialize, you know, get around other authors and, you know, talk shop or just, you know, have, have friends that are, you know, going through the same thing you're going through. Mm-hmm. That's good. Yeah. I heard the uh, Amish romance convention didn't go so well for you guys. <laughs> well, you know, the first one, the first one I, I, we did very well, <laughs> um, but it was a weird, you know, it was a very weird thing because we were like, maybe there was like, think, I think it was me, Jay and Steven Shrewsbury were the only guys there. <laughs> And the way they the way they do those conventions is different. Is it's like a two hour window on Saturday that you sell. That's it. The rest of the convention, you're wandering around and you're doing panels and right. tea parties and weird stuff. <laughs> uh, but people would come up to the the table, right, Jay? They would come to the table and they would just start yeah. picking up books, and then just here, here's fifty bucks, here's a hundred bucks, mm-hmm. and then they would you, you wouldn't even have to sell the books. They were just there to just buy whatever covers looked nice to them at that moment. And it was the, it was just the weirdest thing. I mean, um, you know, Jay tried to talk a woman out of, uh, of a book and she ended up buying the whole damn series. So <laughs> that's funny. Like, no, you don't want this one. You don't, don't, <laughs> yeah. you, don't buy this. Well, she, she had literally, she literally said that, you know, it, it was like, there's two gay characters in it. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, there's a lot of cussing and there's drag queens <laughs> and there's zombies and she didn't like zombies and she didn't like violence. You know, it's like the entire laundry list. And so I was like, well, this, this probably isn't for you then. It's not yeah. for everybody. Right. And then she opens the table of contents and it's it's a book that like there's cuss words in the table of contents. Mm-hmm. And so she kind of looks through and she's like, oh, I'll try the first three. And so she packed <laughs> it and I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, it. it was we, we we had moved into another planet when we went into the romance conventions. Oh, but, you know, um, now, you guys have a lot of books, uh, you know full length, you know, novellas, short stories. How, how do you guys d- decide what to bring to like a, you know, a, a tour or a conference or is there any kind of thought process there or just what's, what, what you have out newest or how, how does that work? For me, I say, I say to my wife, what should I pack? Mm-hmm. And then she tells me, and then I put it in a, cause as Jay, as Jay used to bust my chops all the time, I would literally bring what about 10,000 books with me. Yeah. Yeah. Like I would have like, like, five crates and like four full Amazon boxes of, of books. I mean, I would bring like everything and I would always have to have, boy, I have to have a hundred of each copy because magically at this next convention, I'm going to sell 10,000 books. Mm-hmm. And um, so he used to goof on me all the time with the amount that I used to bring. So I I think it's literally down to like two crates of books now, uh, or maybe three. If there's something new that I know, like there's something special coming out, but uh, like I just did a I just did a local book signing a week ago, and I brought one crate of books with me, and uh, and that was it, and I was I was happy with that. I only brought some of the books I thought that were going to sell that have sold previously at this event. And um, I used to make fun of Armand about that, and I you know I brought like a reasonable number of books that you would bring to a convention to sell, and then I ended up selling out a book one on a series. <laughs> And uh, I was like, oh, crap, now I got to do what Armand does, you know, because you never an But it would end up it ended up being a convention that um, like apparently people started to know who we were. And so there were more people coming up. And uh, it's the same convention where I, I had a guy bring up like several books that he had bought other places for me to sign just random things. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I, I've never had that happen at conventions before. So like, I, I miscalculated when. I expect to be at a convention where nobody knows who I am and then the opposite happens or that kind of thing. Hmm, that's great. Get, becoming a big deal, Jay. I don't know. Yeah. Man, Some circles. Not going to be coming on this show anymore. <laughs> Too good for us. Uh, yeah. We're, uh, I, I, 
Armand might know this. I might have told him. I don't remember. But um, doing a half price books uh, signing, someone gave me the idea, and I just called him up, and they love doing author stuff. So I had no idea. Cool. So we'll see how that goes. But uh, no, it's great. I, I think you know, there's there's this the, the whole thing about marketing. You know, I, I think what you said, Armand, too, about just being you know, the a lot of people do buy a books for the person. I mean, it's not just the story necessarily, um, but it's you know, think of you know, our favorite author, Stephen King and Kuntz and all these guys. I mean, you, there is something about, you do kind of like, you like the people you, you want it. You like their voice. You like their personality. You like, you know, what they're, who they are. And, and that does. And I think getting out there in person is important. Um, and I think, you know, writing too, it's such an isolating thing that, you know, it's good to be with other people and not just always be, you know, with your head down in your computer. But, um, so yeah, so thank you for sharing all that. I think that's gonna help a lot of people. Um, just thinking about, you know, ways to get books out. It's not just, Amazon ads and Facebook, um, or whatever book bubs, which are all nice. But, um, so, uh, so tell us just as we kind of wind down the interview, um, tell us, you, you mentioned a couple projects you guys are working on together and then just also any other work you guys are doing just individually love to share that with our audience and then, uh, and then where we can find you. Go ahead. Go ahead Armand. Okay. <laughs> um, I'm the, I'm the author of, uh, the dead song legend, which is a, uh, zombie series so you can check that out i also wrote the great interruption together we've written the enemy held near which is the greatest haunted house story you'll ever read probably will ruin all other haunted house stories uh we've read we've written yard full of bones which is a you know a sort of a horror mystery um with some you know unique monsters and a, a very unusual uh threat in it so i i think anybody that picks that up will will be sold on it so everybody in the universe should pick that up um, projects we're still working on. Uh, we have um, the Hidden Truth, which we're marketing around, and it's a little more of like a, a transgressive uh, crime story. Uh, and then we're currently working on something that's a little more sci-fi and different from any anything else I've written before. Cool. Yeah, just repeating on all those things um, <laughs> that Jay just said because I don't want to just repeat the same the same books. But uh, I. Uh, I wrote the Dying Days series, which is nine books. I don't know what the what what that number would be. The Nineology of uh, <laughs> the zombie series, and I'm also working on Dirty Deeds, which is my th- crime thriller series. Uh, the sixth book will be coming out soon, and I just have a ton of other stuff, you know, that's uh, that'll be coming out very soon. So check it all out. It's all I mean. Pretty much all of it is life changing. So, <laughs> changed my life. I mean, all seven percent of stuff I've read is just amazing. Uh, everyone, yeah. everyone should start with Yardful of Bones, no matter yeah. who your favorite author is. I yeah. think you know, if you want to get true. into Stephen King, start with Yardful of Bones. If you right. like Coons, start with Yardful of Bones to get a feel for his work. Can't go, you, just, you can't go wrong. Yeah, didn't, right. didn't King write a book called Yardful of Bones? No, no, it's no. Bag no. of Bones. Of course uh, not. Yeah, no, it's it's a great book. I'm looking forward to finishing it. And uh, yeah, thank you, Armand. Thank you, Jay, for coming on the show and uh, sharing all your writerly wisdom and advice. And I know you helped a lot of readers today and writers. And so thank you so much for making the time. Thank you, Ryan. And, and uh, keep keep going with this. this is a great, great show. <laughs> thank you. Number two, by the way, Project Entertainment Network. So <laughs> yes, not to number two. <laughs> well, there you have it. Prolific Writer Nation. Jay Wilburn and Armand Rosemilio. What a great episode. What a great interview. Uh, learned a ton of things, ton of takeaways when you're thinking about, uh, if you're thinking about collaboration and collaboration can just be another great way to 
work on stories, get better ideas. And, and hopefully you, you, you gleaned a lot from Armand and Jay and just their process and just the idea of trusting one another and making the stories be- better and kind of putting your, your ideas, your ego aside, uh, to make those stories really, uh, sing and, 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 and the excitement that what was interesting about Armand and Jay is they don't, they're not big outliners. And so really it's, it's the thrill, the adventure of seeing where the story is going to go. And neither of them really know where. Um, and, and that's, I think exciting because I think when you read their book is you'll see that you'll see just a lot of twists and turns. And I think that's part, partly because of the way they've written the book and their process. So, so thank you, Jay. And thank you, Armand, go check out yard full of bones and their other collaborations. And Jay and, and Armand have tons of books out there. I'll put that in the show notes. You can go see all their work and, and get signed up on their uh, Patreon pages and support uh, their work and, and go buy all the books and buy all the stories. Um, and again, just want to mention if you want to s- support the Patreon page. I'll put that in the show notes for the project entertainment network. Love to send you out a a short story uh, or two and uh, you can get involved there. You can get all the information there. And then also like uh, before we wrap up today, if you could leave a rating or a review on iTunes, it really helps get the show out in the world. And I really appreciate all of you that have done that. If you've enjoyed this show, I know we're we're getting new listeners all the time. Uh, Rating a review on iTunes helps or stitcher or wherever you listen to the show. Um, And also don't forget to subscribe. Uh, make it, make it official. So you don't miss an episode. They usually come out every Friday morning, really early. And, uh, so if you subscribe, it'll go right into your, wherever you listen to your podcast, get that all loaded up. And, uh, and my hope and for the show and why we do the shows, because I want to get, want to help you get more words on the page and get your story and your message out in the world. So, so go get those words on the page. That's what we'd love for you to do. And I will talk to you real, real soon. Once upon a time, a madman, poet, and thief known as John Urbansick, that's me, challenged himself, myself, to write a story a day, every day, for a year, by hand. Some of them worked. Some of them failed. Some of them were spectacular. Then I did it again. Join me every week for Ink Stains as I do it a third time. And I will read you some of these stories. I'll talk about the process, about creativity in general, writing in specific, and maybe I can help ignite your artistic adventures. This has been an exclusive presentation of the Project Entertainment Network. Have you tried finding tickets for any live event lately? It's impossible to keep up, and prices are crazy. That's why you have to check out Gold Star. Gold Star makes it easy to discover the best in live entertainment in your city with instant access to awesome events and special ticket deals. Concerts, live theater, comedy, dance, food fests, immersive experiences. You name it, Gold Star has access to special deals you won't find anywhere else with savings of 50% or more. Go to goldstar.com and use code DCPOD to save $10 on your first purchase. That's goldstar.com, code DCPOD, to save $10.